All right, everybody. Welcome back to Fumble Puck with Ashley and Noah. It's been a little bit of a while. The good news is, uh, you know, after a week and a half off, two weeks off, nothing's really happened in the NHL. So we don't have a lot to talk about today. Right, Ashley? Not at all. Nothing happened. The Habs weren't eliminated. Price and Weber aren't on LTIR possibly for the rest of their lives. Nothing happened. Nope. So we have a lot to talk about, a lot to unpack. Uh, I do want to start because I would be remiss if we didn't start with a couple of neon knee-jerk reactions. Okay. You ready? As always, absolutely. Julien Brisebois. I wanted him to be RGM, and I was really pissed that he wasn't. And damn him. <laughs> I still believe they cheated, and I will always say that because they did. But I know do it's. Wanna, do we want to have that conversation or no? Well, like I think it's 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 done, right? I know it's a legal loophole. Blah 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 blah. And now it's our turn to legal loophole it, right? Maybe it's possible. Let us be them. Yeah, <laughs> let us be them. But no, he's a whatever. He deserves to be GM GM of the year for orchestrating all that crap. Whatever. I'm so happy that's on the record. That you agree with me that he's the GM of the year. Shouldn't the GM of the year just go to the Stanley Cup winner? Like, who cares what else you did? If you won the Stanley Cup, you're the best. You would think so. I still don't understand why Lou got it. What did he do besides trade away his best defenseman? Like, it doesn't make sense. But, I don't know. But did you hear about the trade yesterday from the Islanders? Yeah. What was that? Here, you take all of Andrew Ladd and three picks for literally nothing. Not even future considerations. Like, I know. Not, not even a high five. Why? Because he's the GM of the year, clearly. <laughs> Mike, watch him win it again. Idiot. In the expansion drafts coming up, they exposed Jordan Eberle and Josh Bailey, but they protected Matt Martin and Cal Clutterbuck. I know. I love this it. I'm the GM of the year as voted on by other GMs of the year, which just reaffirms the belief that 90% of the GMs in the NHL are completely stupid and probably couldn't find their way out of a parking lot. Especially an Ikea parking lot. Especially an Ikea parking lot. And then they'd be doubly screwed because by the time they did get out and get home, they wouldn't be able to build the Ikea cabinet they bought. Truthfully, Noah, I would take Jordan Eberle or Josh Bailey on my team anytime. What about you? I like Jordan Eberle. But you, uh, so like one of the things I'm going to mention at some point on this podcast is I have a belief that the Montreal Canadiens have way too many right handed shots on their team right now. They yep. need some left handed shots. So that would make me pass on Jordan Eberly. But Josh Bailey as a center, uh, I would be okay with him replacing. I can't talk about it or I'm going to cry. Philip <laughs> I love it. Remember at the start of the year when I was like, when Phil Deneau signs his contract extension, I'm going to buy a Phil Deneau jersey. Thank freaking God I waited. That's my fear of a Caulfield, not because he's going to leave, but because he didn't choose his own number. So I'm waiting for him to come back as 22 or like 13, and then I can buy his jersey. I'm purposely waiting. I just need to stop falling in love with defensively responsible players in Montreal. Well, unless they're like stay-at-home defensemen, then love them as much as you want. No, because Shea Weber just did that to me, too. Oh, uh, too fresh. We're losing everyone. Okay, more neon knee jerks. You ready? Yeah. Nikita Kucherov. (laughs) (laughs) Can I swear? Um, Sorry, Noah's parents and mine. He's a bastard. (laughs) He's like Mr. Evil. I don't like him. Dr. Evil. I love that we now have a face that personifies our hockey hatred. I love it. I love it. Hockey needs more villains. The heel turn is spectacular. I hope he maintains the kayfabe forever. I hate him. That being said, I would take him on my team. But he's a whiny little bitch. I'm sorry. Who knew? Hey, heart trophy. Whiny little bitch. Okay, next up. Ready for it? Sorry again, Noah's parents and my parents. Yes. (laughs) Yol Armia. I love your um, yeah, I can't even say his name. I love Army of One or One Man Army. Protected in the expansion draft, though unsigned. I love it. I would have taken Corey Perry over him only, but I really like it. We need him, especially if Deneau's gone. So you are comfortable paying two point five million dollars for a fourth liner? He's not really a fourth liner, though. Uh, Caulfield, Anderson, Gallagher are the other three right wingers on this team. Unless you're saying one of them's a fourth liner. No. 
Well, there you go. The so $2.5 million dollar fourth liner. Cool. He can play left wing. Yeah, that's not good. We need a left-handed shots to play the left wing. I understand, but if we don't get any, he could do that. So then you also have Tyler Toffoli playing the left wing as a right-handed shot. So you're going to have basically your entire roster of right-handed players. You saw how bad our power play was with all the right-handed shots. <laughs> well, when Ovechkin comes in and saves us, we'll be fine. Right-handed shot. Yeah, I'd rather him than Armia. I have to tell you, though, Ovechkin, I said this since day one, Ovechkin won't sign until Thursday. He'll sign Thursday night, the second, or Thursday at 2, one one oh one p.m. after yeah. he's allowed to. After the expansion draft, exactly. Yeah, with Washington, not here, obviously. Well, of I course, will. yeah. Everyone says the deal's already in hand. It's done. It's just they of don't want to have to protect him in the expansion draft. Which is smart because they want to protect TJ Oshie. Did they, by the way? I didn't even check. Uh, they ha- I guarantee that I didn't check the list, but I would have heard about it. Some people freaking out if they didn't. Yeah, my friend Alice would have been freaking out then. Shout out to Alice who loves I love Oshie. I think that people overblow that whole thing like, Oh, they're from Seattle. They're going to want to play there. No, I don't think that's a huge thing, really. Not, you know, like, yes, some people be like, oh, that's nice. But no one's like, I'm dying to go home. Oh, Noah Kuznetsov was protected. And Sprong. Perfect. The Flying Dutchman and uh, future Montreal Canadian Evgeny Kuznetsov. And sad face Lars Eller. Can we get him back? We need a third line center now. I would love it. Oh, I wish. He's overpaid at 3.5 mil, though, huh? 3.5 million is better than... Lars Eller. It's way better than 5.5 for Phil Deneau. Sorry. I'm about to go like Steve Dangle yelling about Lars Eller being left to walk and then scoring a Stanley Cup winning goal. I am with you. He's like, you know I loved him as much as you did, and so did my mother. And Washington was like, yeah, it's okay. You don't have to be more than you are. Just be yourself. Just be a third-line center. That's all we yeah, need. Well. And he was like, okay, cool. And then he won a Stanley Cup, and we got to the final, and that's it. Ugh. I love Lars Eller, and I'm still bitter that they kept Debbie Dernay over him. Let's be honest. Okay, I've got one more. Uh, i got one more knee on knee, and then we're, we're done the knee on knees. Yeah, go for it. Ron Francis. I'm intrigued. Right. Honestly, he's going to inherit a better team than Vegas did. He's going to have a better team than all of us are have. And it's unfair. So unfair. I hate this crap. Yeah. It's hilarious. I, I've been saying it since they first talked about Seattle. Everyone's like, no way. GMs will make the same mistakes twice. And I was like, yeah, right. You wait and see. These guys are all idiots. And once again, the GMs who do nothing but YouTube cat videos are about to all collectively get fleeced by Seattle. Did you I see the, the, did you see the uh, tweet from Dom Lushizen about the projections? Yep. Yeah, he took the best available roster for those listening. He took the best available roster of, of players available to Seattle, plugged them into the roster and ran his sim. They came second place in the Pacific Division with 105 points. They were like dominant elite. It's ridiculous. And I really want Tarasenko on our team, by the way. Too bad he's always injured, but that would be great. I'm super interested by Tarasenko um, because uh, if he is healthy, I think he has a lot to offer. Whether he's healthy or not, I'm not sure. But I think he would go great on a line with Gallagher replacing Tatar. Oh, see, I think I put him with Caulfield and Suzuki. I don't think it would be terrible, but the reason why I wouldn't dig into that one as hard is that all three of those players are shooters. I'd want to pass her on that line. That we'll get true. to that after. I know who you want. We got a couple of players I want. I know who your number one pick is. Probably. I think. So let's start running down the list of hockey players. So Shea Weber, uh, there's a very real possibility that Shea Weber's career might be over and he's never going to play hockey ever again. What? How did you feel when you heard that? Devastated, to be honest with you. I feel really bad for Shea Weber. I feel bad for me because I won't be able to watch Shea Weber. And he's been one of my favorite players in the league since he came in. I remember his goal through the like in the Olympics when he broke the net. Do you remember through that? The net? Oh, so yeah. Cool. That was so like my favorite cool. goal of all time. I I'm his I'm I love Shea Weber. I adore him. I liked the trade him and PK because I love Shea Weber. I'm really sad about it. It makes me feel really sad, and I'm really hoping it's like a Kucherov thing that he's just misses like ten months and then comes back for the playoffs. And even if it's one last, I mean, we have to make the playoffs, which is a whole other story, which I don't personally don't think we will this year. Not because of Price and Weber, but. Well, especially with that now, but we'll see. I just feel that it's really sad. I, I mean, you then you think back to like the team's reaction and everything, and it's like obviously they knew that this yep. was the last hurrah. It's really sad. It it makes me really sad. I feel horrible for him, and it's not 
good. What about you? How did you feel? The only thing worse than his injury is the fact that I have to give Nick Kiprios props for getting it right a year early. Yeah, but that might have been I a fluke. I loathe Nick Kiprios. But that might have been a fluke. Maybe it wasn't the same. Maybe they're not the same thing. Who knows? I don't buy that. But anyways, I hear what you're saying. Uh, <laughs> I was really upset. I'm like you. I've been a big Shea Weber fan. Like I, I was a big Nashville Predators fan uh, when he played there. I, I, him and Me Patrick too. Hornquist were my two favorite uh, Predators, by the way. I like no. I like Pekka Rene, which is also sad. Retired, uh, yeah. And I love Roman Yossi. Oh, my God. He's like, I love – I would take him in a heartbeat. But well, yeah, but that's not happening. I know, but he's so hot. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, Ryan Ellis got traded. Isn't that crazy? I know. I would have taken him, too. If we're in the market to replace Shea Weber, I thought Ryan Ellis would be super cool. But uh, I'm not as smart as NHL GM, so no, it didn't. it's not happening. Well, it happened for the Flyers. Yeah, and the, so they got Philip Myers and Nolan Patrick, and then they flipped Nolan Patrick to Vegas for Cody Glass. So they got Cody Glass and Philip Myers out of it. Not bad. Which is, but which is crazy because they wouldn't give us Cody Glass, right? Vegas? Correct. They gave us Nick Suzuki. Thank God, because Cody Glass uh, has been a, a Mr. Struggle. Exactly. So isn't that ironic how that all worked out? They've do you saw that they've now traded all three of their first round picks from that draft. Oh, really? Because the other one was Eric Eric Brandstrom, who went to Ottawa in the Stone trade. Right. Interesting. Crazy. I have to say, I like Ryan Ellis. I don't think he's a savior or anything, but I do like Ryan Ellis. But I mean, now awesome. I won't. Did you see his tweet? How he wants to go fight Gritty. No, but he's another ginger beard in that city. It's crazy. They just stack all, all the gingers. There. Yeah, that's all they have there is gingers. Yeah. Wild. It's crazy. All right. Next one, uh, Carrie Price. Everything is falling apart, including his hips, apparently. And his my, uh, my will to live and uh, the Seattle Kraken's uh, ability to uh, uh, make me sad. Okay. Well, apparently the surgery is going to be on his knee, not his hip. So that's interesting. Do you remember when... Um, the goalie coach, I'm blanking on his name, right? The second who was his wait, yeah, Stefan Wait left. He did an interview and he said how Carrie Price is injured and he's playing injured and he has problems with his body. Do you remember this? Uh huh. I guess A, he wasn't wrong. B, this would definitely explain game one, two, and three against Tampa. And three, it's horrible. Like, what is happening to our team? We're gonna have no price, we're gonna have no Weber. No, no, to no. It's gonna be great. I mean, I mean, good thing Shane Wright looks awesome, right? Uh, yeah, but are we gonna be last overall? Like, we're not bad. We're not bad enough to be last overall. We're gonna okay. We're not. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Who's gonna be our goalie with Allen? And I have to give Price props, knowing he was injured, not wanting us to lose Allen and him. So he said. I'll go on out. Uh, not out yet. Well, maybe I'll go on. I'll, I'll wave my protection. I'll do it because they're not going to pick me because I'm injured and possibly missing the whole season. Yes. and No. The only thing I, I, I tweeted this out earlier yesterday, I think it was, but the only thing or this morning, the only thing that really uh, upsets me about that whole thing about him waving it is that there's no way he does that unless him and his family have come to terms with the possibility of being claimed because it could happen even though it's unlikely right uh they had to have had that conversation being like what happens if we get picked okay we'll, we'll go to seattle that's fine so in the back of his mind there was a level of comfort knowing that he might be leaving and that's his right, and I'm not mad at him for it. Like, I'm, I'm sad about it, if anything, you know. But it does feel with Weber, Price, and Deneau stepping away for whatever duration of time, each of them, it does feel like this is kind of like getting towards the end of an era that we always knew was coming, but it feels like it got here a little quicker than we expected. Well, I, when I first heard Seattle was getting a team, my first thought was, oh, Carrie Price might want to go there. Reason being, he played his junior there. His wife is from that area. His family lives right near there. I would not be surprised if he wanted to go to Seattle. I would not be surprised at all. I'm not surprised, to be honest. So yeah. that doesn't that doesn't offend me. I don't think of it as a bad thing. I just, I mean, he has his right, and that's the only place. I don't think he'd go and play necessarily for like Toronto or Detroit. But Seattle's close to home. Toronto. Let's take a moment and just giggle. <laughs> Let's hope we're giggling. Let's hope we're giggling. Because who did they protect in their goalie department? Was it Anderson? Or it no, was Anderson. Anderson's done. They're letting him walk. He is. It. Okay. Yeah, they have um, no confidence in him. But they just traded for Jared McCann. I know. And then left him unprotected. With Kerfoot, who he's supposed to be re replacing. Yeah. So, like, 
if I'm Seattle, I'm taking Jared McCann all day, every day. He's really good at hockey. A lot of Habs fans wanted us to get him. Yeah, he's he's good. He he, he projects as like a two three right now, like center. Well, what about Kerfoot? Kerfoot's fine. He's good, but like whatever. <laughs> all right. Well, I just I don't know. The whole carrier price thing is very sad to me. But I I really do give him props for trying to help us by at least trying to keep Allen here because I don't understand. There's two things I don't understand about this. Number one, why are we working so hard to keep Allen? It doesn't make sense. Like he's he's a great. I heard he's a phenomenal human being. Uh, He's a good backup goalie. But like there are dime a dozen. You know what I mean? Like it's not the end of the world if we lose Allen. So it was kind of weird. And I don't remember my second point. So I'll come back to that when I do. (laughs) But I also (laughs) want to mention something about the LTIR fact. With Price and Weber. So people are seeing how Weber doesn't have LTIR protection because they're not sure if he's going to be able to play and it might not be that bad and it's bullshit and same thing with Price. Okay, just an FYI because they keep bringing up Hosa and how he got it for a rash. So I have the same rash or similar rash to Marion Hosa. I am constantly itchy. I don't think you understand hell until you are constantly itchy. And just to give a few examples of how bad this rash can be, you know when you go to the bathroom and you sit on the toilet seat for like two minutes? When oh. you, hold on. Hold on. When you stand up, you have the seat ring, right? Like on your butt, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Imagine the most intense itch you've ever had in your life for over an hour from that two minutes of sitting because you're putting pressure there. You rest your arm on something. You don't even realize you're doing it because how many times a day do you rest your arm or your foot or anything on something? Any amount of pressure, a bra, underwear, a shirt, a belt, pants, socks, anything leaves a rash. And it's a rash. In my case, it lasts for about an hour. It itches to no end. Nothing stops it. Cortisone, nothing like cortisone, water, um, anything you want to put there, nothing helps it. It goes away after about an hour. But this thing first starts with hives. So you break out in hives all over your body for no reason. I looked like I was mauled by a dog or a lion when I first got this thing, and I had no idea what it was. It is absolute hell. So Yeah, also wasn't faking that. No, you can't fake it. You see it. First of all, you see it. It's red blotches. You can't miss it. I, I literally looked like I was mauled by a lion. I'm not even making it up. It was horrendous. And I finally discovered something called Zolaire. That's an injection that I have to get on each arm once a month. You can go for it twice a month. It's cost $2,000 a shot, but it's the only thing that has stopped this from being unbearable in my life. And it came out of nowhere four years ago. And I still have it. It lasts between two to nine years, apparently. And honestly, Noah, I have a lot of health shit. I stab myself with needles all day long. The itching is the worst thing I've ever experienced in my life. It is. sucks. Hell. Yeah. So what Hosa has is not just a rash. It's most likely dermographism slash pressure urticaria. And dermographism is super cool if it's not happening to you. So Google it. Dermographism. It's awesome unless it's your body. It's like it's skin writing, essentially. That was like the worst uh, PSA ever, like ad ever, because you were like, it's awesome unless you have it. But it's true. It's really cool to look at. It's not awesome to have it on your body. Trust me. The only thing that made me feel a little bit of relief from that was you you talked about when you had to sit on the toilet. Uh, I never sit on toilets. Whenever I have to go, I just hop into the shower uh, every day. It's like four times a day. What? <laughs> I tried to keep a straight face for as long as I could. It didn't work. <laughs> what? What? All right, we're swinging it back to hockey. We're swinging it back to hockey. Anyways, I'm just trying to give an example of how uncomfortable it is, and everybody sits on a toilet seat at some point in their life, except apparently you. Yeah, I don't think like I don't think hockey players going on LTIR or LTI rather. Like, um, if you've ever talked to a hockey player, watched a hockey player interview. These guys try to warrior through everything. I find it really hard to believe that they would 
uh, just want to sit out voluntarily and be fine. Even Nikita Kucherov last this year, right? Like I don't buy for a second that he was like, yeah, I'm fine, but I'm just going to sit on the sidelines. Like whatever. I don't, I don't think any of them have that in their character, but especially not Shea Weber, you know, like Friedman talked about a couple of people said that Montreal is trying to, you know, pull it, pull a Tampa. There's no chance Shea Weber would sit out if he was like, he's been playing injured for years. Why would he suddenly decide he doesn't want to do that anymore? You know, like makes no sense. So he's legit hurt bad. It explains that the team went up to hug him. It, it sucks. It's sad. It does, especially when they said how doing the surgery would just help him with his life. It wouldn't even help with hockey. Exactly. Just give him a better quality of life. Like, come on. Have some respect. It's gross. Yeah. Next up, uh, not too much to say because it's all a mystery still to everybody, but Jonathan Dwayne doesn't seem like he's coming back, but we don't know. He's exposed to Seattle. If he's ready to play next season, they'd be crazy not to take him. I hope they do. I really hope he gets a fresh start. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Rough go. Sound, mental health is a serious thing, so uh, wish him the best. Yeah. What about your boy, Phil Deneau? Okay, so I'm going to uh, – uh, can I go on a rant? Absolutely. Okay, so – I can sit about a rash and sitting on a toilet. <laughs> there you go. Um, I'm not a fan of overpaying players, mm-hmm. generally speaking. I am annoyed by the fact that Montreal has – Penny pinched the wrong players all the time. And whenever it comes to their character, bottom pair, unnecessary extras, they have no problem overpaying. I feel, and I'm open to a conversation about it. As everyone knows, I talk about Phil Deneau on Twitter all the time. Let's say Phil Deneau is worth $5 million, okay? Mm-hmm. Let's say. Mm-hmm. Could I stomach $6 million, just $1 million extra, which is less than we're paying Carl Alsner this year. Don't forget um, to have him the the second or third best defensive center in the entire league on our team. Absolutely. Would I give him an eight year deal to get that number that cap hit down? Like, could I get him at four point eight million dollars over eight years? Hundred percent because there's no reason to think he wouldn't be effective at the age thirty six. Anyways, uh, I am normally the optimist when it comes to the Montreal Canadiens. I find it hard to see how this makes our team better in any way, shape, or form, and it is scary to me their ability to compete without the guy who shut down the best of the best in the NHL consistently and is a proven commodity. Right now we're crossing our fingers, hoping and praying that Kokanyemi improves. And yeah, he looks great, but results are results. You got to see them. Uh, we're gambling on next season, hoping that the kids step up. Uh, I think we just need a better insurance policy. And I think Phil Deneau was a very cost-effective insurance policy. I, Phil Deneau at 5.5. Isn't as bad as Brendan Gallagher at 6.5, also on the third line. Okay. Can I give my two cents back to you? Absolutely. Philip Deneau thinks he's a 1C or a 2C. He does not think he is a 3C. This is the issue. He is an offensive black hole. And I know you're going to bring up the stat about how he was on pace with Shifley and blah, and blah, Matt blah. Barzal. He scored at the same pace per 60 as Matthew Barzal, who's a top-line center in the NHL. Noah? Matthew Barzal. You- 1C? Yes or no? It's not even close to the same, same thing. Same point production. Same point production over the care. last year. Okay, hold on a second. <laughs> hold on a second. Do you think Philip Deneau is truly a number one offensive center? <clears throat> number one offensive center, no, but I do believe very That's strongly that he's a 20-minute-a-night center, no problem. If you don't want to score goals. So this is what it would look like. This is what the Philip Deneau reality would look like, which is we're not going to talk about it too long because obviously the hockey gods are mad at me for something, so they didn't let me keep my favorite hab. But Phil Deneau's your favorite you hab? Phil, right now, yeah, I love him. Nick well, not anymore. He's not, a, he's not a freaking hab anymore, you know? <laughs> Ever? Price? Gallagher? There's like so many more. Okay. Well, I like many of them. Arturi Lekkanen is my other one, by yeah, the way. Yeah, Lekkanen. Yeah, seriously. So... You have, you have the Philip Deneau line, right? Whoever his wingers are, I think he needs better wingers because I think his wingers were part of the problem. He was also a part of the problem, but his wingers were part of the problem. Uh, you deploy him 20 minutes a night against the best players in their team, the Austin Matthews and Mitch Marners of the world, and he makes them look like school children, and it's beautiful. The other 40 minutes of the game, you have your two offensive centers that you deploy to play against lesser competition and score freaking goals. 
Noah, the whole point of the top line is to score goals against the other top line. Yeah, but we've already established Montreal Canadiens don't have a top line. We have three second lines, basically, is how we roll through the playoffs. The designation of one, two, and three in Montreal is absolutely nuts. It makes no sense and has no bearing on the way they play their game and allocate their ice time. He's a 20-minute center. Even when he was on the third line this year, he was still playing 20 minutes a night, you know? Which so, made him the default number one center, and he had the best winger for the last four years in Calgary. There are, there's 60 minutes in a hockey game. Why can't you have two centers playing 20 minutes and another one playing 18 minutes, and then your fourth line playing four minutes, you know? Our fourth line plays way too much anyways. If we're looking at misallocated ice time, is that our fourth line plays too much, not that our filled and no line plays too much. But they do play too much because they're always on against the opposing team and they don't score goals. And don't blame Gallagher. Yeah, he's stunk in the playoffs. They didn't score goals in the playoffs. Uh, and they, they had a rough go this year. But over the last three years, they had the best goal differential of any line in the NHL. They outscored every single other line they played against. And this year? They had a bad year this year. So we're going to we're gonna throw the baby out with the bathwater over a bad year, which we've already talked about, the scheduling, the COVID, everything. Like, look how it ravaged this entire team, right? Okay, like I it's, think- it's okay for everyone else to use an excuse for every other player's challenges, but not Phil Deneau's. I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't buy that. If he was offensive, I'd have no problem, but he's not. He's a fantastic so, defensive player. Reducing the same amount as Matt Barzell doesn't count. But it's not. Noah, first of all, again... Completely- how do you argue with that? He produced the same amount of points per 60 as Matthew Barzell. <laughs> like, how do you argue with that? If it, um, the numbers don't lie. They didn't fudge numbers on his assist card, you know? <laughs> They probably did, actually. <laughs> That's why he wants more money, is to get paid back for all that. But and, you hey, know, I, I, I get that he's asking a lot. I get it. But he's not worth it, is the problem. He's not worth six million, especially six million. Are you out of your mind? The bad money on our team would not be a $6 million to know. It's a $3.4 million Paul Byron. It's a $1.8 million Carl Alsner we're still paying, right? Th- that's the bad money. You have to pick and choose where you overpay. 100%, I'm not arguing that. Absolutely truth of the NHL. The idea that they chose Byron for it and they're not willing to do it for Deneau says a lot about management. And this is the reason why Montreal never retains talent because they don't want to pay for it. Okay, I don't think Phil Deneau is like the most talented guy in our roster. I'm sorry. Again, I'm he's thinking not. offensively. Defensively, he's incredible. I'm not taking that. Please understand whoever's listening, including Mr. Phil Deneau. You're an amazing, he is an amazing defensive talent. I understand he wants to be more offensive. Fine, but you're not really showing it. You've never shown it. Your goals, your best goal season is 13. I mean, his job's not to score goals, it's to pass. But his, but he should still be able to score and pass. He's not a 50, 60, 70 point center. And if you think about it, if you could have Eichel or Deneau, who would you take? Jack Eichel, not even a question. Okay. That's maybe we're trying to do that. Suzuki's supposed to be our number one center. Maybe we're going to go after Eichel with all this money. From what I heard, Eichel's surgery that he wants isn't even necessary. He just wants it. We'll talk about Jack Eichel. We'll get there. But I'm just saying, if you can get Jack Eichel instead of paying Philip Deneau six million, I mean, we're going to have to pay. If, if we get Jack Eichel, I will shut up about it 100. Um, percent But I do want to get you on the record on one thing. Yes. If slash when in the next two years Philip Deneau puts up 65 points, what do I get? What are you buying me? Because I still maintain if Phil Deneau had different wingers, he'd have more goals. He had the best wingers on the team for the last three years and never got 65. Yeah, they weren't great wingers. They were good wingers. They were okay. But he doesn't deserve good wingers or great wingers. He's a freaking so third when he center. puts up 65 points with better wingers, what do I get? I'll buy you dinner, okay? That's what that's what'll happen. Deal. You heard it here first. Phil Deneau will put up 65 points. And when he doesn't, what do I get? Uh, dinner, same deal. Okay. Do you hear Ivy in the background? No, I hear my stomach rumbling, though, so if you guys hear that, sorry. <laughs> I'm going to quick little segue story. Right before we started filming, I was getting Ivy ready for bed, and she started jumping on the bed, and I warned her, like, hey, no more monkeys jumping on the bed. Like, you're going to fall, and she jumped and fell right off the bed and hit her head on the ground. She's fine, um, but it was funny because she was crying about it, oh, and while she was crying, she starts crying saying, no monkeys jumping on the bed. Like She was, like, crying the words out. Oh, uh, so good. We were like, yep, exactly, Ivy. No monkeys jumping on the bed. You should know better, you know? Aw, poor Ivy. Now she's upstairs. uh, She's clearly not in bed yet. It didn't work, so. (laughs) Well, maybe she should jump and tire herself out. All right, so we got a bunch of players leaving. 
we are, we yeah. talked about the players that are leaving. Maybe some others. We're not sure. We're not sure about Eric Stahl. We're not sure about Corey Perry, blah, blah, blah. Um, the next big thing we need to get to is the expansion draft. So Seattle yeah. has – we've already ex- set out our list. We're keeping the uh, the three of the big four minus Jay Weber. Uh, and we're keeping the forwards that we pretty much thought we would keep, except maybe Armia for Droy might have been something that we thought differently but is what it is now. Um, who do you think Seattle will take? Well, if there wasn't health issues, Weber or Price. However, with the health issues um, – I would personally like for them to take Drouin for that way he can start fresh. That's my personal pick, but that's maybe just for that Drouin could start fresh. And, you know, that's who I would like for them to take for that reason. Uh huh. I also think he'd be a great pick for them because he's a very talented winger. However, who do I think they're actually going to take? Yep. Uh, I'm thinking. I'm trying to think who's even on the list. Hold on. Who do, who do we not protect like our main team? Kale Flurry, Brett Kulak. Uh, is Willette signed or is he done? Okay, no, wait, hold on. So I would actually think they might take Kulak or Flurry. I'm thinking Kulak. I think Brett Kulak's the guy. Unless they believe Jonathan Dwayne is ready to play. If they believe Dwayne is ready to go, he's a no-brainer um, because he's the most talented guy probably of the entire expansion draft that would be available, you'd think. Tarasenko. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. Um, and then Brett Kulak, because even though they're going to be acquiring pieces to flip and trade for other value, at some point you need people that can play. And Brett Kulak has proved that he's fine. He's good enough to play, right? So I, I could, if they pick him, I imagine it's not to flip him, it's to keep him on the roster. Yeah, I think the same way. The only thing I would say is if they wanted, I would. if Paul Byron was cheaper, I think they would take him because he's so versatile and he can do like everything. Yeah, but he's overpaid. Unlike uh, Philip Deneau, who's going to get accurately paid somewhere else, I guess. No, he's not. He's, he's going to get overpaid somewhere else. Someone will give him a six million. God, I hope so. Seattle. So I think. I think Seattle will. I would have no. I I could believe Seattle. I could believe Seattle. I think also if Toronto had the money, they would have done it too. I don't think Phil Deneau would do that. <sighs> Why not? Or Ottawa. I could see him going to Ottawa too. Yeah, Ottawa is believable, but like. He's a, he's a Habs fan at heart, right? Like, I can't imagine him ever playing. Like, he Josh George's it, you know? I Okay, but here's my question. He's such a big Habs fan. Why isn't he taking a hometown discount? We offered him $5 million. He wants five and a half, apparently. Because extra- his family is more important to him than hockey, and that's hard to argue with. This is his job, right? His job is to provide for his family an extra $6 million. We don't even know what that money's like. We're never going to know in our lives, right? He knows, and he probably knows what it's worth, and he wonders about what he can do with his for his family with that money, and he's going for it. And, like, I'm, I don't <laughs> like, I can't blame him for wanting more money for his wife and children. I'm sorry. You don't think $30 million's enough? You have to get $36 million? Really? I'm never going to know that because I'm never going to have that money. Well, I hope to know it. I hope to have that money. And I can tell you, 30 36 $45 a billion. I'm sorry. At one point, it's an, it's fine. I'm sorry. I don't agree with you on that. If or what if, I, what if I galaxy brain this and take it another direction? He's doing it as a favor on request of the NHLPA because defensive centers in the NHL are consistently underpaid and undervalued. So he's going to try to reset the market for all the future signings in order to right the wrong, like Mike Babcock did with his contract in Toronto. Coaches yeah. get paid more now in the NHL because Mike Babcock haggled for such a high number. Maybe Phil Deneau is trying to help out the Nick Beninos of the world and future contracts for Jake Evans by doing this. Worry about yourself, not about others. Maybe he's being a good union guy. That's what it may be. He's just being a good union guy, right? Helping the working class of the NHL. The working class is making $5 million a year to play a game that they (laughs) love? No, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Well, that's going to be my official line for now. Uh, Phil Deneau is a good union guy. Um, If you ask me, athletes are overpaid to begin with. So it's a whole other story. I will... Uh, thoroughly agree with you on that. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Five million, five and a half million. I'll take one million. I'd be thrilled with one million dollars. Like, come on. I, no, sorry. You I don't pay me in hamburgers and I'd play for the Habs. <laughs> Seriously, you just I'd be Curtis Lazar just picking up cheeseburgers off the ice and eating them, and that would be my fee. <laughs> just 
pay for my diabetes stuff and I'll play it for you. I'll even work for you for free. Just pay for my diabetes stuff. That's all I ask. There you go. <laughs> That's about $30,000 a year to begin with, but it's all good. So Expansion Draft is coming up on Wednesday. And then on Friday is the actual uh, rookie draft. Yeah, the, the rookie draft. So Montreal's got three picks in the first two picks. rounds. And we're not going to talk about who they're picking right now because it's going to be impossible to predict. Yeah. We'll talk about it a little bit, uh, either pre or post. We'll figure that out. But um, there's no point predicting who they're going to pick right now because it is the most volatile draft ever. I actually, I'm not really pro trading first round picks. I would trade it this year to get a pro. Like Eichel, if you really want to get Eichel, this is the time you do it because let's be honest, it's such a crapshoot this year. <laughs> like who knows? I would trade the pick. I have no problem trading the pick, but I'd have to be getting a known commodity back for it, right? Like Or something yes. of value. I do think it... 30 the 30th spot which is 31 but technically the 30th pick where they're drafting um, yeah yeah uh, i think you're gonna get a player that could be decent with some great upside right like yeah. sebastian ajo was 33rd or whatever it was right and look at oh. him people so are I, saying we should uh, offer sheet uh svechnikov i think we, we should we offer should sheet. offer sheet svechnikov it's not gonna work but we should i would do it to kale mccarr too just a heads up uh, there's no point with McCarr because you know they'll match whatever you pay. Like, I know, but no they way. also have like 17 defensemen they have to sign in the next in the next like two years, and they no, have they, they don't. They've got Devon Taves, Kale McCarr, and Sam. Well, Kale McCarr will sign, and Sam Gerrard signed. They've got their big three signed, basically. And they also have Bowen Byram, who they have to sign, and they have. Um, some other guys that I saw yesterday. So the, the, the trick with Boehm Byron, the, the thing that makes it easier for them, he's a left shot D. They've already got Sam Gerrard and they've already got Devon Taves. He's going to be playing third pair minutes for his entry level contract. He's not going to be productive or expensive. Can we get him? Yeah, I think Byron's okay. I don't, I think, I think he'll be good, but I don't know. He just doesn't wow me. Kale McCarr wows me. Yeah. He's the best defenseman in the league. So is he's getting I love both of them. He's so. not the best defenseman in the league, but I do like him a lot. He's fun. I think he's overpaid. I think that $8 million was a little too much, but whatever. They can afford it. But Phil Deneau deserves six? Really? I don't say, I didn't say deserves six. I said I would pay him six. I didn't say deserves it. Sometimes you got to overpay. That's what UFA is all about. Yeah. Well, sometimes you, you, you take a hometown Carl discount. You know, like. But sometimes you take a hometown discount, too. We take on Steve Mason's contract to do to do a favor to another team. Like we're so wi- like willy nilly with cap space, and the one time we have an opportunity to lock down a spot for eight years, we choose not to. It's so silly to me. It's crazy. Would you rather extend Nick Suzuki for eight years or Philip Deneau for eight years? You've won uh, twice. Yeah, but it's not an either or. You have both. No, I'm asking you. You've won. Nick Suzuki. Okay, so we're gonna do that. But why not do both? That's the thing. We can afford because both. he wants Nick Suzuki's spot. <laughs> But it's not going to happen. You can't have a third liner being paid $6 million ignoring Gallagher. That's Bill Kessel. Ridiculous. Brendan Gallagher. It's ridiculous. Brendan Bill Gallagher. Bill won a Stanley Cup on the third line being $8 million a year. Who? Sorry? <laughs> Bill Kessel. Back-to-back Stanley Cups to the third liner with $8 million bucks a year. Okay, but that doesn't work, though, in this cap market that's tight for the next – or that's, like, solid for the next two years or three what years. What was the cap value of Tampa Bay's third line? <laughs> Oh, who knows? What was their uh, LTA? Excuse me. What was their LTAR? Twenty freaking million over the cap. It was only really like five, but you know. No, it wasn't. Of the, when you look at their actual money, you replaced basically at the end of the day. The Tampa Bay. I don't want to touch on Tampa Bay too. I'll say this one thing: if you believe the Tampa Bay Lightning would have won the Stanley Cup without Tyler Johnson, their fourth line center at five million dollars. Uh, then, then, yeah, the, the LTR thing matters. If you think they still win without Tyler Johnson, which I believe they still win without Tyler Johnson, uh, that would be the value they would have had to shed to get Kucherov back onto their roster. Five million. Do you think they would have won the, the Stanley Cup again without Kucherov on their roster? No. Well, that's the whole point. Right, but you don't have to replace Kucherov's entire 9.5. If he was on LTR a full season, he would have come back just at the end. You would have only been on the hook for that last little piece of his salary, the prorated portion, right? So it would have right, been, what, but, a million and a half? But they should have played without Kucherov the entire playoffs is my point. Well, he played hurt, clearly, right? Oh, whatever. You watch him take shots and he screamed. Like he was howling every time he tried to take a shot. He, he, was, he, should have played. he had a cracked rib. Good for him. <laughs> He Patrice Berger owned it. He he played through it. Like I don't think anyone would question his his uh, toughness and character. Like he, he was playing through some heavy stuff. He shouldn't have played. That's my point. Well, 
I sound like a like a like a grandmother. In the, in the end of the day, I, I, when we talk about salary cap for players, just put a nice little button back on the Phil Deneau genie bottle that I keep opening up and we keep opening up. No, you. I you. look at aggregate salary spend of eighty one point five million. There are so many inefficiencies in the Habs contracts that I think it's weird that the Phil Deneau one was the one that no one could stomach. The Paul Byron contract is outrageous. The Joel Armia contract is meh. The Ben Sherrod is overpaid. Brett Kulak is whatever. Carey Price is insanely overpaid, right? So, you know, Shea Weber's overpaid for what he brings to the table, but no one complains about those deals. Why yes, they do. Phil Deneau... Sorry, people do complain about those all the time. Especially about Price. That's all I hear about is overpaid 10.5 goalie. But Deneau's got the right age. He he would age through an eight-year contract very fine for what he brings to the table. And at the end of the day, it's the insurance policy for KK not developing, right? If KK doesn't develop, we had a really big hole in our roster to fill. It's a big problem. Uh, and if KK does blossom into a star and we have to pay him, and then we have a salary cap problem, Deno's contract at $6 million would be movable, not too hard with a little bit of magic in there, right? Like, it's, not a, back, it's not a backbreaker. Like, it's not immovable like Shea Weber. It's not immovable like Carey Price, right? It's not immovable like Carl Alsner. There's value to him that the whole league sees because someone's going to pay him that money now, right? You so, don't think Jake Evans really- can do just as good a job? Because I do. I really not, not even close. I uh, he wouldn't even get half as good as Phil Deneau's ability to shut down. And I love Jake Evans, and I don't think he's half as good. Okay, did it ever occur to you that maybe Phil Deneau just doesn't want to sign here? Yes, because that's possible too. Very possible. Why? So, why would he want to work play in a place where everyone hates him? I know. It's not that everybody hates him. No one hates him. He talked about it when he was asked about Jonathan Dwayne, right? He he talked about how hard it was being a Quebecois person playing in Quebec, right? But that's my point. Yeah. So once again, thanks uh, media and market for scaring away the good ones. Appreciate it. Great job. Keep it up. That's exactly my point is that I wouldn't want that pressure. Would you? I don't know. I'm I I can't even answer that question. Like you can't you can't even answer that question because we've never been close to that situation before, right? Like we we I want to say like I could I could tough it out and handle it, but I don't know. Could I don't you know. It's a lot. It's. I mean, look. I. Do I don't think we're qualified to answer the question. If I'm being honest, right? Like. Well, Phil Deneau, if you ever want to come on here and talk about it with us, we'll be glad to have you. Same thing with you, Jonathan Drew. Phil, other- I just want you to know, Phil. If ever you want my autograph, I'll trade you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Excited to get my Seattle Kraken Phil Deneau jersey, by the way. Oh, good. I just don't really want to carry a price one. That's all. I'm hoping I don't have to. Yeah. But I'll take a Max Domi one. Hey, hey. So looking at Seattle's roster, because I think this is the one thing that we swing around the league on, their center depth could actually be pretty good because they could have like Domi, McCann, (laughs) Deneau, Yanni Gord. Like, I really think Seattle's going to be freaking good. I think Yanni Gord's going to come here. Because so Montreal has a whole. If if Deneau walks, like it seems he's going to walk. There's no Quebecois on the roster. They're going to address David Savard. I do not want David Savard. Now that Shea Weber's gone, I, see, David Savard is the kind of player where I'd be worried about giving a contract to, even though I love the player. I worry about his aging curve based on his style because he plays a Shea Weber-esque kind of game, right? That's where I'm like, ooh, that's a player I definitely don't want to overpay because his downturn, like his decline could be really hard. Did you know that Matthew Barzell is fluent in French? Yes, I did. So, like, how much more do I want I could be wrong, but I think the story was he learned French in case he ever played for Montreal. Isn't that a thing? That's why Cole Caulfield took French. Yeah, I feel like Barzal did that, too. I could be wrong, but I think that was a thing. Well, I would take him and Beauvillier together if you wanted, because they're best friends, apparently. I like Anthony Beauvillier. I think that would be interesting. Like, I could picture Beauvillier fitting, like, if they had the right center, fitting Beauvillier on a, on a line with Gallagher. Like, I just told you, we bring Barzal with him. <laughs> Very expensive third line. <laughs> Matthew Barzal is not a third line player. He's a first line player. Well, then Nick Suzuki's a second line player. Fine. And KK can be our third. Done. Ooh. Ooh. Sounds pretty good. Yeah. If we can't get Eichel, of course. <laughs> I'm excited for the Seattle draft. I'm off, so I'm going to watch it. And I'm excited for the NHL rookie draft. I'm off the night to watch round one, and then I'm off all day to watch round two. Uh, rounds two through seven. I actually don't have any interest this year because I don't know anything about anyone, nor 
do I think the GMs do? Because who have they seen this year? It's going to be a very weird draft, but I'm curious to hear what's going to happen. The only thing I have to say about that is there's there's like a lot of people are saying, oh, it's a weak draft this year. And then a lot of people are saying, oh, it's so hard to scout this year. Well, it has to be one or the other. It can't be both. Either you scouted them well and you know they suck, or you didn't scout them well and you don't know that they suck or not. Like, pick pick your lane, right? The only thing about right. this draft, I think it's going to be average. It'll be an average draft like every other. The only catch is that there's no superstar at the top. Owen Power is looks good, not great. I'm interested in next year's draft. Super excited. We're going to do a whole thing on that at some point, you better believe. Especially because at this point, we might be going for Shane Wright. What? God, I hope not. Yeah, the Shane Wright draft. We'll see about that. Huh? Okay. Um, this is our this is our home stretch. This is our, our last thing. We've got holes in our roster we've got to fill. Yes. So right now, looking at our roster for this upcoming season, you have three holes at forward to fill. Maybe four, depending on Ontario Lekkonen. You got a okay. hole on defense. <laughs> yeah. So... We need a left winger for the Suzuki Caulfield line. Okay. I'm assuming to fully KK and Anderson is a thing. Yeah. We need a left wing and a center for Brendan Gallagher. Yeah. And then we need a fourth line right wing for Byron and Evans, which may be Arturi Lekkonen. Okay. So... Theoretically speaking, you might be able to bump Evans up to the third line with Gallagher and put Lekin in on that line, but that seems like a defensive black hole again. What about Paling there? So Ryan Paling could be your third line center. Do we think he's ready? I know he was pretty hot in Laval. Um, how do you feel about in a year where we just went to the cup final? And there's no right or wrong answer to this. It's just a question of opinion, really. In a year we were after we just went to the Stanley Cup final, are you... Would you prefer us trying to go far again, or are you? would you prefer us putting the brakes on everything? I think losing Weber is a huge blow. I think potentially losing Price is a huge blow. If we replace Shea Weber with somebody who's Shea Weber-esque, but possibly a puck-moving defenseman Weber-esque, like, a, I don't know, Dougie Hamilton or something like that, <laughs> I think we'll be okay. I think if we don't do that and we don't shore up our defensemen and get an elite scorer on our team, we will not be stiff in the playoffs for a while. I prefer yeah. we sniff the playoffs. So. Could go either way, huh? Yeah. So if we're comfortable with the idea that this team might struggle, maybe we give Ryan Paling a real shot at that third-line spot. Yeah. Or, or do we give Jake Evans a shot at that third-line spot? Like, or we bit more. Or do we bring in Paling to play right wing or left wing role? He would be a left wing, and I think that's a very reasonable option. I think that left wing option for Gallagher could be Ryan Paling, but you'd need you'd need a really good center on that line and afterwards. You'd need someone who can do stuff. So maybe somebody like I don't know who is a good third line center, not named Phil Deneau. Tough. I mean, there's all kinds of names, but you're getting like a Nick Benino. The problem with this is you need someone who can get the puck to, to Gallagher to score if Gallagher is going to score. Otherwise, his contract instantly becomes the worst one on the Habs. Right. Okay, so for more fun, who would we put next to Suzuki and Caulfield? You know, who, I have two people. I know you're number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have two people, and I'm not actually sure who's number one. They're, they're both equally uh, good, I think. And I believe they'd both be available for the right price, which isn't a crazy price. The Little first bit. one, yeah, he currently is a left wing. Mm-hmm. He does take faceoffs on the regular because his center is a, a right hand shot, and he's a left hand shot, and mm-hmm. he is the elite passer and power play weapon of that team. I think there is a low risk option in getting Claude Giroux. Fills the Quebecois quota. Well, I know he's Franco-Ontarian, but he's French. Okay. The pro- my issue with Phil... Uh, with Phil. <laughs> See, look where I go. <laughs> the code Giroux is that he's slow, right? Well, he's slow, he's old, he's not very mobile, and I used to love him. He was, like, one of my favorite players, but, yeah, no. He's, like, three I, years younger than Corey Perry. Why are I, we so happy with Corey Perry, but not Claude Giroux? Because Claude Giroux used to be the speedy little scoring guy, and now Claude Giroux is a... Oh, here he comes. Oh, he's still skating. Oh, he just crossed the blue line. Oh, but he's he now was on pace for 65 points this year. Yes, but could that because he was playing with Voracek? 
Uh, no, it's going to be playing with Couturier, actually. But oh, uh, his style... So, like, Suzuki and Couturier actually have similar games, right? They're both really? two-way responsible. Suzuki and who? <laughs> Couturier. Oh, I thought you said... I thought you called him Couture. Okay. No, Couturier. Yeah. Um, and Caulfield is more of a sniper than Jake Voracek, but they both have good hands, right? I think there's a similarities to those lines where Giroud's tantalizing, where Giroud's not the guy who skates the puck in on that line, right? He just gets low in the zone. He's the he's the deeker, the dangler, the passer. I, you know, and what I noticed in the playoffs, one thing that really, really stood out to me, especially as the Tampa series wore on, uh, uh, Cole Caulfield is working way, way too hard for his chances, right? We need someone who can yeah. just thread a needle to him. And I think Cole Giroux could be that guy. You also thought Max Domi could be that guy. I think Max Domi could be that guy. I would have no problem bringing Max Domi back right now to play on that line because I think he'd be perfect for it. Okay, so Cole Giroux, who's your other one? The other one's a little more um, young, a little more uh, uh, has a little more bona fides in recent years. Uh, I believe he would be available because that team is a dumpster fire and apparently he wants out. Oh, is, is it, is do you want to guess? Is it Keller? No, but oh. it, it rhymes with that, I guess. Lars Eller? Just kidding. <laughs> JT Miller. <laughs> oh, God, no. I knew that was your other pick, too. Will you stop? Oh, my God. JT Miller in Vancouver is awesome. So he's tall. He's six foot three. <laughs> he's a center or left wing. He can take draws, but he is a left wing. He is the number one passer on LA's Peter Pedersen's line. He can thread a needle and run a power play. He's literally everything we want at a very reasonable price. But he's not elite. We want elite, Noah. Elite, elite, elite. Okay, but uh, we're not like I'm working in the realm that Mark Bergevin says you can't acquire these kind of players. I'm looking at players that are very acquirable that other teams are probably looking to move. JT Miller put up a point per game the last couple of years, almost uh, very strong performance, really great asset. And he's the big body on that line that they don't have. Well, if we were going for a big body that we don't have, my number one pick for a left wing spot on our team, Alex Ovechkin. Yes, can't wait for that. <laughs> I wish it was happening. <laughs> yeah, I would freak out, honestly. I love him. He said he'd play in Montreal. I'm. It, this is just making me mad about the Yager thing, so I don't know. What Yager thing? Yager was going to, he wanted to play here and they said no. Oh, yes, right, sorry. Then he put up 60 points. I know, but I really want Alex Ovechkin. Can you imagine him feeding Caulfield and Caulfield learning from him? Oh, my God. Claude Giroux and JT Miller both would have been the highest scoring players on our team uh, last year, except for Tyler Toffoli. And I think we can all agree Tyler Toffoli is not repeating that performance this year. I'd love if he did, though. If he can play I would love if he did. I think he's earned his spot on the team. I'm a huge fan now. Like, I'm totally converted on Tyler Toffoli. But, but he really sucked at the end of the playoffs, right? Yeah, but he was also hurt at the end of the playoffs. Exactly, but I don't think we should expect a 40-goal season from him next year. No, but I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. So JT Miller and Claude Giroux are the two that I think are interesting, worth taking a gamble on. Neither are bad contracts uh, because Giroux is over soon, and uh, Miller is young enough that it doesn't matter. You can wait it out. Okay, so if you got to choose one of these players to come to our team, I'm going to give you a list of players to be our elite player. Okay? Evgeny Kuznetsov. Wait, I didn't say them yet. <laughs> He's going to just do drugs. <laughs> okay, I didn't say him yet. Okay, ready? Yeah. Dougie Hamilton, you can choose one. Dougie Hamilton. Yep. Jack Eichel. Yep. Alex Ovechkin. Mm-hmm. We'll go with those three. Okay. Dougie Hamilton is instantly out of that conversation. That's not even a, a, a question. I think he's one of the best defensemen in the league, but you can't put him next to Eichel and Ovi and make me think that I even consider him. Well, considering he lost Ray Weber, think about it that way. Okay, so here, here's the deal. Yep. I think the proper decision would be Jack Eichel because he's a center. He's got He's only 25. He's going to be paid the same as Alex Ovechkin will. Right. He's a hard fan. Yep. Yep. But the allure of an Alex Ovechkin hab goal, that might be too hard to pass up. <laughs> well, you never know, right? Expect the unexpected. Who would have You know who that? you put Alex Ovechkin with if you acquire him. Please don't tell me Phil Deneau. <laughs> no. Okay. Actually, you know, now that you mentioned it, that's not terrible. But no, I was thinking of KK. Yeah. I think that's like a natural one, too. Oh, can you imagine? It's so beautiful. 
Uh, on defense, I was planning uh, the whole time before we got to recording this, I was expecting to need to fill a left D hole. Uh, so I was talking about Nate Schmidt, also from Vancouver. I worked yeah. out a really fun uh, package deal for JT Miller and Nate Schmidt, who apparently both won out of Vancouver, right? So it wouldn't be crazy expensive. Uh, now it doesn't look like that's going to be a need anymore. Now we need a right shot D. Uh, I love Dougie Hamilton. I don't think there's a, a chance in hell he comes to Montreal because he hates the spotlight, right? Yep. Um Right, right, D. We're gonna have to think about that because it's not easy right now. Like, it's it's gonna be a tough. That's gonna be a tough role to fill. I don't even know who plays what side in D. I just like players, and I keep sending you the wrong ones. I would love to get Zach Wierenski out of Columbus, though. Left shot D. Uh, who I would say like he's never leaving Columbus because they're gonna make him the captain. But who knows? Everybody leaves Columbus, so love to get him. I adore. You know him. who else is gonna be out of Columbus soon with a left hand? With a, sorry, he's a left wing, even though they're a right hand shot. Who? Patrick Laine. Oh, I would take him in a heartbeat, too. He would be great with Phil Deneau. Oh, my God, you're killing with your me. Your offensive run and gun with the defensive center, like that's the goal right there. <laughs> Do you really think Phil Deneau's not resigning here, even though apparently his house is for sale? <laughs> yeah, he's not coming back. I'm just, I'm, 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 ha- I'm having a lot of emotions this week, okay? This is like, this is probably worse than when I lost Lars Eller and P.K. Subban in two days. I know. This is, I know. It's very hard. I, I, the price, honestly, I put out a Twitter poll earlier. I'm going to actually retweet it to say, like, which is worse for you, Price or Weber? And they're just both devastating. Like, I'm very upset, Noah. I'm really very emotional today and very yep. sad. Yep. Uh, the, the, I feel like depending who we sign, because we could sign a player and it could be really like a big deal and it could be like rah, rah, rah. But I feel like we're going to spend even more time looking to the youth now, right? And look into the future. And Well, that's something else is if we actually want our defensemen to play, we have 4,000 of them. We should probably start playing them, you know? Yeah, but they're all left-hand D and we have four of those already on the roster. Like Kulak's playing on the offside now. I know. If Unless he gets claimed. Then you, then you have three. So like... Okay. <laughs> like Kale Flurry is probably going to take a spot now on the third pair. We need a second pair because Jeff Petrie is our first pair, right? So we need a second pair right shot D. That yeah. is not David Savard. It's very, very. Sad. That's such a Bergeron signing, though. You know, like, like, there's no way he's not talking to David Savard. Oh, I'm sure he already has. 100%. <laughs> I know, but I don't want him. He's not that good. He's exceptional defensively, but he's like a, he's a very he's like Nicholas Jalmerson, an exceptional stay-at-home defenseman who doesn't generate any offense. Okay, but we need offense. That's the whole problem with our defense. We need a puck-moving player, and we need I offense. Strongly agree with you. That's why I would not sign David Savard, even though I really like the player. He's just not a fit. Exactly. Well, Eric Gustafsson, welcome back, buddy. <laughs> no. Like, it's not Romanov. So Petrie's one, but there's Petrie and that's it. It's not Edmondson. It's not Sherrod. It's not Romanov. It's not Kulak. Like, you're hoping Norlinder can be that guy, but he's got a couple years, right? He's not ready yet. You know, Josh Brook, you're hoping that Josh Brook can be that, but he's not that yet either. How about Hedman? What? (laughs) Tampa has cap space issues. Let's take Hedman. (laughs) I think Hedman is the ultimate, uh, for me, player that I hate because I respect him so much. So didn't you want him on the Habs? Yeah, like I hate Victor Hedman with a burning passion, but none of it's rational. It's just irrational because he's such a great hockey player and he's great at what he does. And like, I and I can't find anything to complain about him for, so I'm mad about that. Who would you take off Tampa if you could have any player off of Tampa? Who would it be? Uh, I I would take Nikita Kucherov. It's tough between him and Braden Point. Yeah, I, I was thinking points. I love Braden Point. I would not take Steven Stamkos. I like Braden no. Point because of the center bit, right? The positional need. Like, he's a great center. Yeah. But uh, I'm also a Montreal Canadiens fan, and I like a little bit of flair and flash. And I think Nikita Kucherov would rock in a Habs jersey. Well, he would definitely do something in a Habs jersey. I'm not too sure what. But There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I'm a huge Braden Point fan. Or maybe, uh, maybe I'd take Andre Vasilevsky. Oh, we could use him right about now. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're used to paying goalies that much anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, All right, this has been a long one. Yeah, we're, sorry, we're we, won't, we won't do two weeks again. 
Yeah, it's been a long time and the worst two weeks. Well, I took a really nice vacation, though. I was off for a week. I went to a cottage. I kicked back. It was nice to be in the woods and uh, clear my head and and process the emotions of a Stanley Cup final loss that I wasn't wasn't expecting us to get to and got to really enjoy. So uh, all in all, despite all the craziness of the Habs and everything is happening and more to come in this, like, multiverse of madness that's happening, um... I want to thank the Montreal Canadiens for a great season. It was really cool. And I promise you, even if you let Phil Dino walk because you suck so bad, I will cheer for you next year. And I want to thank the Montreal Canadiens for, again, putting their health on the line and for giving us something to be happy about and to enjoy. And I'm really, really proud of them and what they accomplished. And I'm really, really, really sorry for Shea Weber and Carey Price. And I really hope that both of these surgeries or whatever they're going to do will make them better and stronger. And you know what? Your life is more important than hockey. Your body is more important than hockey. And I understand if it's the end. I get it. It sucks. Not happy about it. But I totally get it. And I respect you for everything that you've done and given us. So thank you. And last but not least, Nikita Kucherov, you suck. Amen. Make sure, make sure you check us out on all of our social media at FumblePuckPod. You can, of course, find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You name it, we'll be there. Please hit subscribe when you listen to our podcast, if you found our podcast. If not, look at it. Clearly, you heard it, though, if you're hearing this. This makes no sense. It's been a while. I need to practice. Check it out at FumblePuckPod. <laughs> Don't laugh at me. I'm keeping all this in. And I hope you all have a wonderful, 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 crazy week of Habs news. And hopefully something good happens, like the Habs sign Brandon Point. I wish. Wild. Well, uh, we'll be we'll be active on Twitter for the next little bit, letting you guys know what the plan is for the summer as uh, things quiet down. At some point, they might quiet down. Stay, stay in tune. Stay in touch. Stay tuned. <laughs> go Habs, go. Go Habs, go. Woo! 